Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the PPC Chat Roundup. In today's episode, we have the awesome Julie Bicini back at the helm, taking us through a great chat about an important topic, brand safety in PPC, um, especially with display advertising is what I find where the biggest concern can be. The big question for brands is that, you know, is my ad showing going to be showing against, you know, a porn site or being shown in a porn site or a violence promoting site, et cetera, and some, you know, other areas that you might find you know, uncomfortable that you want your, that your clients uh, might not want their brands to be showing again. So yeah, it's a real and true issue. And unfortunately, I, I don't think there have been safety measures, enough safety measures that are put in place. Some of our experts don't think there ever will be. So yeah, I, I don't know if you've ever thought about these things when, if you, especially if you run paid ads, but there's no time like the present to think about these things. I hope this is a perfect time for you to think about it and bring, maybe come up with solutions even for your clients. So yeah, hope you enjoy. Hello and a warm welcome to this episode of the PPC Chat Roundup, a podcast where I round up the Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host Anu and I'm recording here from my studio in London, UK and I use this platform to share not just expert but also my ideas and considered best practices about paid media and the direction the digital industry is going in. So if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry and get the latest on the podcast that has been called your go-to if you don't make it to the PPC chat live discussions and even if you do then like follow share and retweet on that's right twitter with the handle the marketing anu or join us in our linkedin group which is the PPC chat roundup or if you're on instagram why don't you check us out at PPC chat underscore roundup to get quotes and snippets from previous episodes so as mentioned before julie has joined us again leading us on an excellent topic about brand safety in ppc because it's very important with everything that's going on and um, with all the kind of news that might pop up on different sites and all the different kind of content that sometimes just seems you know unchecked and has been done without much thought it's very important to think what kind of ads, if you're the brand, um, if you're in-house, what kind of ads your brand is showing against, or if you're an advertiser, what ads that your client's ads are showing against, or what kind of sites, or what side of content they're showing against, and how what are, what are the preventative measures that you can make to ensure that that gets better, and it's, it's, it's something that you'll be proud for your ads to be showing against. Anyway, let's get into the chat. Julie joins us and you know starts the conversation saying hello and thank you for joining me today. We're going to be talking brand safety, which is a topic that many are navigating now, I am sure. Um, but first, how are we doing? And a nice roll call as usual. John Kagan joins us saying hello. And we also have Dan Patterson joining us saying good morning and Julia Weiss, the usual Julia Weiss and Malia Fowler as well joining us today. I, I believe Ashwin is going to join us as well from Optimizer. Dwayne Brown as well joins us and uh, yeah, many more as we get into the chat. As usual, we've got the PSA from Julie going before we get to questions. This chat is intended for PPC professionals of all level. If you have something you want to share, please do. We are a friendly and supportive community. Please don't be afraid to participate. Lurkers and listeners of the podcast, of course, 
always welcome too. But yeah, I really do feel like I, I, I you know, I, I've got to share some amazing news that Judy has as well, because now we have the PPC chat is now sponsored by Optimizer. So that's run by my friend, Fred Valleys um, of Optimizer and Ashwin as well, who, who joins the chat, you know, and she's going, I couldn't be more excited between their amazing tools, their informative blog and PPC town hall series. They are a great fit with this community. Stay tuned for lots of cool stuff. So yes, looking forward to that from both parties. I'm sure it'll be great something great to look forward to. Anyway, so let's get to the questions. Julie starts off with question one saying, is brand safety a concern for your clients and or stakeholders? Why or why not? Julia Weiss starts us off going, yes, yes, it is. My public sector clients have an obvious concern and my retail clients want to focus on sales, not scandal. Absolutely. Amalia Fowler replies saying, absolutely, it is. I've seen enough examples of poor placements and enough examples of settings not working, i.e. I filter out things and somehow they end up there anyways, that I don't use any network partners or the GDN, anything with lack of visibility. And she continues to answer the why screenshots last forever and can cause PR crisis. So yeah, she's tied. Her lips are tied on showing the proof. Judy uh, replies as well saying, yes, clients are concerned about brand safety has always been a baseline concern, then increased during pandemic. And then of course, adding another layer with the war in Ukraine. No brand wants the screenshot of their ad against upsetting or controversial content. Absolutely. Alex Nicole replies saying for sure, many of my clients require close examination of the ad copy and creative definitely can't fault them for that but i do prefer clients who are not as strict as long as performance is good oh i think that's a dangerous line because yeah if they're paying for it and they see something that is dodgy yeah they're the ones paying the money for the ads don't be defensive about asking you know what what platforms or what content their ads are showing against that's my opinion anyway leo replies to question one saying my clients are mostly focused on sales or leads but yes they all want to avoid any pr scandals um, and then yeah julia vice replies yeah from a stakeholder standpoint we direct a lot of media funds we take our investments role seriously and don't want to throw don't want to be throwing dollars anywhere don't want to be throwing dollars towards unsafe or inappropriate platforms. Brand safety is required for our partnerships and comes up in investment meetings. And Julie also continues saying we should probably define what we think of when we hear or use the term brand safety. Gregor's their response to that saying ads showing up on substandard websites or videos, etc., is the first thing that comes to mind for me, especially because now there's so much around. If your ads show on a website, you are financially supporting said site. Absolutely. And yeah, Julia Vice goes, that's exactly it. Stop funding. This is a very effective and sudden tactic. And Greg replies, yeah, totally agree. Unfortunately, I think a lot of it can only be reactive, seeing a bad site on the web ad showed report but there's lists out there to throw in before you start running such as and he shares a google docs link which i'm going to share on my site themarketinganu.com i've also updated it and i'm very excited about how it looks wix are the way to go for site hosting for sure and julia vice then responds as well saying yes i am so proud of this community for our shared lists shared tips and general staying on top of things i'm also extremely lucky to have giant 
cold co-branditals that sit on top of our buys and filter out quite a bit. The proactive versus reactive is really important. Greg continues saying, to be honest, I want to see Google continue to do more. Jeannie Marvin wrote some really good articles on this a few years ago. I know they've taken some steps, but I still don't think it's enough. And then we have Ashwin replying to uh, question one as well, saying, yes, we take it very seriously. The brand is what it is on the back of years of expertise and authority. Can't be casual. Plus, for better or worse, the reputations of Optimizer and Silicon Valleys, that's Fred, Frederick Valleys, are partly connected there's an obligation to sustain it. John Kagan replies, when it comes to SEM, 90% of the time, it is only a concern for me. Then I have to explain to clients that other sites use Google search engines on their site. Politics aside, is your brand okay with your ad possibly triggering on Breitbart? Breitbart? Anyway, Amali replies, gives another answer to question one saying, Professor Fowler defines brand safety as avoiding any placements or context that could potentially harm the advertiser's brand or reputation. Um, Greg, Greg replies to question one saying, certainly have to be. Julia Vice continues saying this is a good point in terms of what point did she make? make i'm not sure what what point she was referring to but it's like this is a good point a lot of brand safety comes down to what not to do as opposed to what we'd like and julia again gives another answer saying for me brand safety means both where ads are shown on other sites on what sites or networks and also alongside what type of content i have certain settings i employ universally for those purposes and will discuss with clients who want to do display Dwayne replies to question one as well saying i don't think all think I don't think we all think about it, but we do think about it as their agency regardless. Most think about how the brand comes across image-wise. Nava Hopkins replies saying, yes, however, that means different things to different brands. A lawyer is going to be at risk for disbarment, for not complying with strict rules. A DTC or a direct-to-consumer e-commerce brand might have a bad day in the press, but keep on keeping on. Brand safety is important, period. And I feel actually, yeah, the answers of A1.1 are what is brand safety to people? So Alex Nicole replies to that saying, I feel like it's an overarching topic that covers ad copy, creative and where ads show. Boris as well answers that same question saying the context placement and or search queries an ad is delivering for. Leo Pinon as well replies saying brand safety isn't just for placements, but also for the language and visuals we're using in the ads or landing pages and how that resonates with what's going on in the news. Julia Vice as well answers for us. It's about placements and content proximity, but also platform behavior. When something truly ugly happens on a specific platform, they may or may not rise to the challenge and we may or may not advise clients to avoid that platform altogether if needed. And then Julie takes us on to question two saying, have you experienced an increase in awareness of or requests to be more vigilant with regard to brand safety in the past year or two? So... Have clients been a bit more wary in recent years? Julia Vice replies saying, I would not say more. No, the topics we're concerned about have adjusted and some of our responses to concerns have adjusted, but brand safety has always been very top of mind for us. Amalia replies, no, but that's because I'm a control freak and was prioritizing it before it was something everyone was talking about. I was taking brands off GDN a while ago, proactively indicating brand safety. 
Julie replies saying, yes, I would say that clients I've worked with are more aware of potential issues if their ads appear in the wrong place and the fallout from that. I am thinking about the Applebee's ad that was split screened on CNN with news of the invasion of Ukraine. Woo. And then we've got John Kagan replies to question two saying, yes, not since the YouTube issues from 2016, 2017, have I seen this much concern, but the issue when it comes to SEM is limited and more of a YouTube GDN issue. But when you hear brand safety concerns, then is not then is not the time to decide you want to test dynamic search ads precisely. And we have Leo Pinon replying to question two saying, during the last two years, most requests were related to COVID, the US elections, and more recently, the war in Ukraine. Not surprising there. Nava replies to question two saying, it depends on the industry. I will say the past few years, even pre-pandemic, have given us a lot of social issues to navigate brand stances on. Coming up with a branded stance seems just as important as conversion tracking. Alex Nicole replies to question two saying, not really, to be honest. That being said, as a result of the Ukraine crisis and the Applebee's ad on CNN, I've been double and triple checking that all of our clients have content exclusive content exclusions in place just to be sure. Boris Berek replies, Beckerick replies to question two saying certainly became more aware of it longer ago than with the rise of Breitbart. Activists started to screenshot ads and tweet at brands. Ooh. Lawrence Chase replies to question one saying yes, brands focus a lot on conversion leads. However, the brand is very important, including where ads show up. The pandemic made people think a lot about this. And now, of course, the war in Ukraine. But when before that, but even before that, I had people worried about political content. Political content is always something to be worried about. And then we've got Julie replying to Amalia's answer where Amalia had gone. Yeah, she's a bit of a control freak and was prioritizing it. And yeah, she has taken GDN off anyway for some of her brands. And Julie replies, I have been down on GDN for a while now, mainly because of the lack of real control categorically and also the 10,000 placement limit for exclusions. To think that 10,000 placement exclusions is not enough just makes you wonder, you know, just how bad that space is and how much nonsense there is out there. She continues, you can hit that ceiling fast and then you're without any way to stop additional placements you don't want. Amalia replies to that saying, I literally teach my students that it has no purpose outside of remarketing and even then it's questionable. Then you're better off with programmatic, although not by much. But if you need to fill tofu, that's top of funnel, so T-O-F-U, tofu, top of funnel, you've got social media ads and offline mechanisms to do so. And we have Dwayne as well replying to question two saying we have not seen an increase nor a decrease. Maybe that will change with Google's Pmax or Performance Max. Anders replies to question two saying the more the algorithms run our campaigns and the reporting becomes opaque, the less safe we will be. Performance Max, can I negative free? Can I negative my brand? Not really. I have tried to stay clear the past two years, but this problem is coming our way. Oh, you've been warned. Lawrence Chase replies to question two saying we have always had to be aware, but the past few years between politics, pandemic and a war, there has been more we have to watch out for. The political climate actually kicked it off for some brands. They did not want to be associated with some sites. 
Judy then takes us on to question three saying, do you find that your ability to keep your brand safe from appearing alongside objectionable types of content easier on some platforms than others? Which ones are better or worse for you? Ooh, yeah, we get a bit of a calling out of some of these brands of these platforms. Greg starts us off saying targeting by audience on GDN. Yeah, GDN has already been mentioned. Is a never ending process of excluding website placements eventually just becomes not worth the time. And John Kagan replies to question three as well, saying when it comes to brand safety and say YouTube or GDN, it is very much a Schrodinger's cat scenario. Search is by far the easiest, but most issues like the chances of being killed by a baby pygmy goat are 99% preventable in SEM, but never 100%. And replies replies to question three saying, are there places you are more safe than others? The opacity factor is key here. Google used to be safe and manageable on GDN. Facebook was never so safe. Lack the targeting algorithm runs off track. Anything programmatic is problematic. So we need dynamic blacklists. And Nava replies to question three saying, this is a bit of a loaded question. No platform is fully safe because precarious content will always find a way to slip through. She continues, LinkedIn tends to be the safest. However, it's niche and expensive. Google plus Facebook represent risk until you perfect your exclusion list. Microsoft tends to be safe-ish, just has volume issues. Any and all video channels absolutely need to be audited. And then Lawrence replies to question three saying it is absolutely becoming more difficult. Google is making it tougher every year lately. I don't think any platform has this nailed down either. Julia Vice replies saying so managed by a side. Google is uh, is actually pretty good about this because of the level of precision possible. Twitter is the worst. They just don't believe in exclusions at all. Twitter, do better. We all love you here from a content point of view and sharing the marketing community, but you don't do exclusions. Ish. Anyway, Amalia replies to question three saying nothing is a nothing is 100% safe. And that is a discussion that I have with every client. Regardless, there is a risk. However, with something like the GDN or something like less visibility safety plummets, in general, social platforms feel safer to me. Interesting. Boris replies to question three saying no platform is fully safe. And with more automation, the chances of brands appearing alongside ob- objectionable content rise programmatic has always been problematic that has been said before Dwayne replies to question three saying I think Google makes it easier with categories you can say you want or don't want to show though you can still find you show up places you don't like online not an easy thing to tackle and way harder when the platforms make it way harder than the platforms make it seem And Julie replies to question three saying GDN needs better controls. It is not worth the effort for display. Debatable from remarketing. YouTube can have its yikes finds too. Socials, you know where ads are, but not what posts are before or after. And and for X, Facebook has been ugly for two or three years now in that regard. Anders gives another answer to question three saying the the beauty of managing brand safety today is that you can't in anything targeting audience by definition. If you target the person, you ignore the context and that is where the problem arises. Perhaps the end of cookies will solve this. 
Ashwin also replies to question three, saying that the only platform this works on is our owned properties. Example, blog, website, emails, even YouTube and Spotify aren't safe because who knows what ads they'll run over our content. I'm trying really hard to move to owned first, but GA4 wants to screw me over. Oof. And I found um, the answers to our next question, question four, to be absolutely hilarious and <laughs> quite obvious. But anyway, we we'll go ahead with it anyway. Julie asks for question four. Do you think that the tools that the platforms provide are adequate for your brand safety needs and concern? And I feel there was just like a chorus, no. But yeah, let's see how hilarious those no's, those variations of um, no were. John Kagan just gives a laughing emoji from the office. Amalia goes, no. But I also think that's partially purposeful. They're all out to make money. Anders also makes a good point with behavioral-based targeting. You go where the person goes. Sure, there would be errors with context only, but probably less of them. Boris goes, no. And there's, and here's cynical me thinking out loud, but I don't think platforms are overly interested in providing more control because money. Julia Vice gives a gift going, that's a real quick no from Shits Creek. And I go, despite late, glad to join the chat on the funniest answers stage. Like legit, all these answers are funny. Then Julia Vice continues that the platforms provide, that's a real quick no. We use extra additional tools to block things out out and due to due to UGC everywhere there's just isn't any guarantee Ashwin replies nope and not a chance in hell they ever will be and this replies to Amalia where Amalia had gone no but I also think that's per partially purposeful and this also makes a good point with behavioral Based targeting, you go where the person goes. And as replies, I have run into some advertising platforms here in Europe that are reinventing contextual targeting via continuously crawling the content of the sites they manage advertising on. Something to keep an eye on, in my opinion. Julia Vice goes, I'd pay for that. Amalia goes, same. Amalia then continues saying, that's really interesting and honestly, a good idea in my opinion. There definitely still needs to be controls. I'm thinking of the link farm sites. Is there real value being there? But I believe cookies being disabled leaves us in a better place from a brand safety standpoint. Anders replies, not sure how well they are doing, but the idea is excellent. They contextualize placements in real time. The one thing that can avoid a surfer ad besides images of a real life tsunami. Interesting. Julia Vice replies, the big test for this would be sentiment. So often activist sites are lumped in with what they're fighting against because they're both on the same topic. The machines need to understand context better. Anders replies, 100% agree. I need to catch up with them to see how far they have taken this. And we have Julie replying to question four saying, no, they do not provide adequate tools. Yes, this is a purposeful choice in my opinion. Provide some control, but not reliable or absolute control. Platforms really don't want to look too hard at what is part of their networks, which is a big part of it. She continues, some of this is... Um, is their own risk management strategy. If they provide better or stronger tools, then they have to actually review all content and categorize it. They don't want to do that for a number of reasons, not at the least of which is assuming responsibility. Julia Vice replies to that saying, well, and it comes down to editorial responsibility. If you add additional tools to the extent we actually need, you're agreeing that the content found on your platforms need more direct management, something platforms refuse to admit to. 
too. Julie goes, Jenks Lawrence replies to Julie's answer where she was like, yeah, they don't want to do, they don't want you to do that for a number of reasons, not at least the least is assuming responsibility. Lawrence replies, to be fair, they don't even invest in good quality support most platforms so this will not happen unless laws get changed or something big happens and it actually costs them money investments like this are seen as costs with no return on investment ashrin replies responsibility is a hundred percent it have you seen lord of war with nicholas cage same reason arms dealers don't get involved with the conflicts they supply it's easier to profit off the chaos mayhem and hatred you enable when you don't have to look it in the eye Ooh. Comparing advertising to war, it's getting serious in here. And Lawrence replies to question four saying no, and they really have no incentive to do this. Increasing shareholder value means making more money. So their goal is to increase how many places our ads display, not decrease it. Dan Patterson replies to that saying, follow the money gives you answers to just about everything, doesn't it? And Anders replies to a question four saying, do telephone operators do what they can to fight scam callers? Is it in their interest? Mm, <laughs> I doubt it. Julia Weiss replies to Boris um, Becker where he had said no. And here's cynical me thinking out loud, but I don't think platforms are overly interested in providing more control because, because money. Julia Weiss replied, it's money, but it's also precedent. The platforms want to own the audience, not the content. They want no editorial responsibility for the content. They are literally selling as placements. It's a legal high wire for the yeah, legal loophole more like it and then we have julie taking us on to question five saying have you stopped advertising on any platforms because of brand safety issues to the extent you can share what specifically made you stop In reply to that we have anders going stop and go is absolutely the future of digital advertising optimization it is a hard sell with brands but the only real way to test but i haven't had brand safety stops only performance stops and then we have a benedette replying um, to question five saying publishers are living bad times think at online newspapers this is driving to an increment increment in ad units per page display slots this confusion in page is again driving less relevancy to display impressions value aka awareness value so i use gdn only for remarketing Andrew McGarry replies, any sign of Italian media switching more to subscription and trying to get away from declining display ad income? And and he replies, what I see that we are at a stage where a hybrid system is growing, where publishers are trying to explore a way to sell display plus micro subscriptions to sell not the entire catalog, but only categories of interest. Andrew replies, that's interesting. Could see it working if friction to small recurring Payments isn't an obstacle. A payment provider that already recognize you, rec recognizes you solves this. And certain categories like finance or sport, I guess, are potential smart or emotional self-justifications. And Amalia replies to question five saying, I don't use the Google Display Network for anything other than remarketing and barely then. I also dis disable search partners, network partners, any partner sites I can't see. If I don't have visibility, I don't use it. It's not worth it. And she continues, I, for I forgot YouTube. I generally curate a list there if I use it in terms of what made me stop the absolute trash sites that were getting the majority of impressions when I would audit that and my exclusions stopped being true exclusions because Google will Google. And in reply to that, Lawrence replies, yes, I usually work with brands to come up with specific channels for this. A great project for a summer intern. 
And Lawrence gives his response to question five saying, um, some brands stopped on Facebook due to this. And I have had other brands stop doing display because of this as well. You just cannot control what your content shows up next to a post about a family member passing away. Then your ad starts up right under it. Oh, that's not good. Leah replies to question five says, I'm not using Google search partners for the lack of transparency on where the ads are showing and just poor performance overall. We have Julia Vice replying to question five saying, in collaboration with clients, we paused on Facebook during major protests in 2020. And we've been talking about Spotify's Rogan problem. It's case by case, but we do take public positions and invite platforms to learn with us and share their action plans. Andrew McGarry replies to that saying, do many of your clients do podcast advertising? Curious if any niche agencies cover that. Julia Weiss goes, yes, a lot. We work with Spotify and programmatic audio partners to buy part, uh, to buy against particular audiences. And I know a few in other teams who do podcast sponsorships. Andrew goes, cool, would love to read any posts on that. If you ever published, keen to understand, to better understand opportunities. Cool, I have nothing but free time to write content. Just joking, I love this topic and I'd like to say more about it, but I really need to make some hires first. And in response to question four, Dwayne Brown doesn't come outright with a no, but he goes, I don't think they are. And I'm not sure they ever will be. It's a game of cat and mouse with people trying to make money off this. Now, platforms should try harder in the end. They have the money to make it better. And in reply to question five, Dwayne goes, not yet. First time for everything. And we have Ashwin replying to question four saying, for what it's worth at Optimizer, we're able to let advertisers get some of this back. For example, letting you exclude individual search partners placements. Full disclosure, we're not we're yet to see that what moving to the new Google Ads API will do to these controls. And then we have Julie taking us on to question six saying, what is your biggest brand safety in advertising frustration. Oh Lord, that would be a big one. But before that, John Kagan replies to question five saying yes, but not in search, just YouTube social, insert name of proactive digital media tool. Essentially, we learned from all prior mistakes, i.e. Jan 6, but put put together a game plan. And unfortunately, we needed to deploy it with the Ukraine invasion to protect the brand with the Ukraine invasion. Interesting. Especially the choice of words there. And John Kagan then replies question six saying, we can put oodles of preventable filters out there, but content always sneaks through. I wish there were AI safeguards that could be used to take action before it became a problem. I also want a pony and free ice cream to that point as well. And then we have Anders replying to question six, going the challenge with brand safety is wider than just context. It is a consequence of the decomposition of ad elements and the deconnection from placement selection. My biggest frustration is simply not knowing how my ad will look and where it will show. Ad preview is such a big thing for us. Greg replies mostly, most recently, Christine Zernheld or her handle is Shep Zernheld pointing out some placements are being categorized as other even on twitter is this a twitter ads some placements are categorized as other so like the search query reports so sometimes you're not even seeing 
the placements that your your ads are showing against. Lovely. Julia Vice replies saying all of it. It's vague. It's unmanageable. It's platform by platform. Let's get some common sense up in here. Julia Vice replies saying, can I throw out there that capitalism might be a problem? Actual editors know when something should not have any ads next to it and still must be published as a public service. Funding actual news and actual researched content without ads would help a great deal. And Boris Bekarik replies to question six saying, maybe a bit off topic, but I find programmatic infuriating. So much promise, but a cesspool of ad fraud and money laundering. Lord. And we come to our last question going, if you could have one wish with regard to brand safety in advertising on platforms, what would it be? I think I think back to the answers question four, where we were asked, do we, do we think platforms have do enough brand safety? And I think that would be my wish for brands to do enough and do more and actually be very good and, and, and responsible and take the lead on brand safety. But I just don't think that's happening or will ever really. And Dwayne Brown replies to question six first saying that the platforms minus snap so far don't bake it into their tech and roadmap it always seems like an afterthought actually that might be the answer to question seven anyway and then he continues see my question answer to question six they should be baking into this into their tech and roadmap automation isn't at arms with brand safety we can have both if we start with a brand safe world we've got steve hammer replying to question six saying i legitimately do not think most of the networks take brand safety very seriously neither do i it's one of those things that only seems to show up when called out and i bet the pr hit isn't as brutal as the revenue loss potential yeah julie replies i was about to type something along the lines of where you're gonna go as the prevailing platform at attitude on this stuff it gets lip service and maybe some small changes if there is a big Big brand that shouts about it but otherwise biz as usual amela goes this every time i remind my students that at the end of the day these platforms are businesses and that and what is their number one goal as businesses money and julia vice replies to question seven saying actual negatives ability to filter out dark posts and no limit on placement exclusions yeah that's a nice succinct wish list and ending on Steve Hammer's wish, he goes, I really think everyone needs more common sense controls. Hair, hair. Google's power in AI is where I'd like to see an application to apply proper guardrails. And that brings us to the end of the chat today. And um, yeah, some very interesting discussions about brand safety, what people have been doing about it, especially in more recent times, especially with the war, pandemic, and some other stuff that have been going on. I didn't realize Applebee came across near an ad about, um, near some content about the war. I believe on, on the news of CNN, that's, that's very interesting. We really need to watch out for those. So yeah, if you're working in paid, working in paid media, look out for your placements. If you're doing GDN or programmatic, which seems to be very problematic for our experts, yeah, check your your placements report out now. Go do it. Put it on your to-do list. But yeah, I hope you found this talk very useful and taking some great takeaways. And if you want to chat more about this, I believe Julie will be joining us, yes, on Thursday 
on Twitter spaces at 5 p.m. No, 4 p.m. GMT, 12 p.m. Eastern time. Because right now, yeah, our UK clocks have not changed. So they have, they are on 12 p.m. Eastern time. We are on 4 p.m. GMT. But from next week, we'll be back to 5 p.m. GMT. So join us on Thursday, 4 p.m. GMT. 12 p.m. Eastern time on Twitter spaces to talk more about brand safety in PPC for any feedback about the podcast, or maybe even give some corrections on anything that has been shared. Do get in touch with me on Twitter. My DMS are open with the handle, the marketing Anu, or join us on our LinkedIn group. And we have a PPC chat roundup podcast group on there. And we'd love to have you for you to share your thoughts and ideas and for you to get the news that I share or any, anyone that posts anything about page search, I share it in that group. So join us on there. Yeah, I'd also love, love it if you'd um, leave a review or rating on Spotify or on um, Apple reviews. Yeah, if you just go to l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash PPC chat underscore roundup, you'll get all the links on where you can leave a rating or review. Again, that's l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash PPC chat underscore roundup. Finally, remember for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly. There's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye and speak to you next week.